Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by Adequest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host of this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we are joined by Kip Boyle, CEO of Cyber Risk Opportunities, and also the author of Fire Doesn't Innovate. Kip, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you the last time you were on the show. Um, just for, in case people you know, didn't catch that episode, maybe you can start off with um, you know, just a brief introduction to your, your background, and then we'll get on to today's topic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's just do that briefly. Um, so I've been working in cybersecurity since 1992. And of course, back then, we didn't call it cybersecurity. Uh, we called it like computer security or network security or something like that. Um, anyway, so it's evolved. And so now I embrace what I used to think was just a very silly term, cybersecurity, right? There used to be like this Hollywood, you know, label that we resisted for years. But oh, well, like I've surrendered to that. <laughs> so um, but these days I, I work as a virtual chief information security officer. So, you know, some people call it a fractional uh, CISO um, because I don't know if anybody in the audience has heard of this, but there's actually a, a whole uh, profession of like fractional or part-time CIOs and CFOs. And so I thought that was pretty interesting when I ran into that term. But, um, but I was actually a, a, a chief information security officer at an insurance company for seven years. I've worked in the Air Force and at Stanford Research. So, you know, those, those are some highlights of, of my working life. Excellent. And, you know, you've leveraged a lot of your experience. You, you wrote your book, uh, Fire Doesn't Innovate, which was a, a great read. I really enjoyed it. And you, you're Thank also, you. you're, yeah, and you're also generating um, a lot of other content these days related to security or cybersecurity. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And thanks for asking. So uh, ever since I uh, launched my company, Cyber Risk Opportunities in 2015, uh, I've been publishing a lot. And so there's my book. Um, I'm also the the co-host of two podcasts. The first one is called the Cyber Risk Management Podcast. And my co-host is Jake Bernstein, who is a cybersecurity lawyer. I know Jake. And uh, He's a great guy. Oh, yeah. Very, very, very yeah, knowledgeable. Yeah. Yes. So, so I would encourage people in the audience, if you're interested in hearing a CISO banter with a lawyer about cybersecurity, that's really what that uh, show is about. You might want to so go check that out. Um, <laughs> I'm sure like anybody if, who's not in this industry would be like, why would you ever? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, a lawyer and a cybersecurity <laughs> expert. Oh, amazing podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we do is we take the, like I take the operational risk perspective and he takes the legal risk perspective mm -hmm. on topics, right? And so, you know, he'll be saying things like, well, you need a policy that does X, Y, Z. And I'll be like, yeah, if you want to scare the auditors away, but if you want to get anything real done, you need a policy and blah, 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 you know? So it's like, that's our, a real conversation. Always... That's a real conversation. Yeah. It's a, there's always a, a tug of war, a back and forth between, you know, the business requirements, compliance requirements, legal, et yeah. cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that podcast is about. I have a second podcast that I started earlier in 2020 and that's called Your Cyber Path. And so it's a new thing that I'm doing. 
um, this year and happy to tell you about it. But um, but the whole premise of that podcast is is that if you're a person who's trying to get a cybersecurity job or maybe you have one, but you want to get promoted and you want to do something a little different than you're doing now. Maybe you're a SOC analyst and you work in a security operations center and you're like, oh, this is killing me. Like, I want to get promoted out of here. Well, that's what we do on that podcast is we help people either get into the career field or get promoted. So that's what that one's all about. And my co-host there is Wes Schreiner. And Wes has tons of experience as a hiring manager in Fortune 100 companies. And so uh, between the two of us, right, we're we're helping people figure out, like, how do I get that job? Well, I, a couple questions. Is his last name really Schreiner? It is. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't meet too many Shriners, and uh, I, I, evidently we're all huddling up in the cybersecurity industry. But uh, <laughs> uh, so that that sounds like a really interesting podcast. It's something that could benefit anybody. How did you? I mean, because you know you're working uh, as a as a cybersecurity consultant or fractional CISO, mm-hmm. um, and how did you, that lead into um, this new area? So um, you know, people over the years would come to me on a you know, randomly right and they would they would but they all asked me the same question they would say how can i get into cybersecurity or hey my nephew just graduated from college and and he wants to get into cybersecurity or it was a brother or a friend or whatever but it, the, it was always the same it was like you know you seem to be enjoying what you're doing how can i get into that and I was trying to answer those questions as best I could off the cuff because, you know, nobody made an appointment with me. It was just sort of like a drive-by question. I never really felt like I gave people a really good answer. And so I finally was, I got kind of like frustrated and I said, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to find somebody on the internet who's giving a really great answer to that question. And it's probably going to be like this really big blog post or a book or who knows what. And so I went out looking and I found lots of really good stuff. The problem is that I was, there was a voice I was looking for and it's missing. And the voice was the hiring manager voice. And I found that so weird because there's all these people out there giving advice, right? Like universities, like here, take this bachelor's degree program, boot camps, you know, like here, join our boot camp and we'll teach you everything you need to know to get a cybersecurity job and on and on and on. People, so people, in the people trying to sell you stuff as a gateway to yeah. get into the industry versus advising you from what the buyer actually wants, right? Yeah, that's that was that was what it kind of came down to. As I said, where the person, the voice of the person who actually says whether you get a job or not is nowhere in this conversation. And so I thought, all right, fine, I'm going to do something about this. Finally, I'm going to take this on. And so I spun up my podcast about that topic and I just started really going deep into, you know, okay, well, you know, get a beginner's mind, Kip, like go back to when you were first trying to get into cybersecurity, information security. What was that like? And, you know, and what are people struggling with now and how can I help them? And that was kind of the genesis for this new line of business that um, that that we're working in this uh, beginning this year. Well, then, I mean, then what was your next step in terms of, you know, finding the the voice of those hiring managers? How did you know what what they're looking for? Yeah. So I did two things. One thing is I do know a lot of hiring managers. And so I started reaching out to them and I started, you know, uh, asking them, you know, what's it like to hire people these days? What are you struggling with? You know, what are you seeing that you like from candidates? Um, what what are you seeing that you wish you, you know, that you wish you didn't have to deal with? And I also asked them questions like, 
you know, are you getting good support from your human resources department? Um, you know, what, what's it like for you as a hiring manager? Because a lot of people don't don't get this, and I think this is one of the reasons why um, why I think there's space in the in the conversation for my voice. But people don't understand, uh, job hunters don't that. Hiring is a highly regulated activity, like legally regulated. There are state, county, um, city sometimes regulations and laws, federal laws. And as a hiring manager, like you have to know all that stuff. And you can get in big trouble if you don't do it right. And you need a lot of assistance, and a lot of help from human resources, from lawyers and, and that sort of thing. So I, I started talking to my fellow hiring managers, you know, what's going on. And then the other thing I did is I said, I want to know what what people are actually struggling with. So I, I went to the other end of the transaction and I and so I launched a survey. And and I just said, look, if you'll just please tell me what is your number one question about getting a cybersecurity job? I just focused on people who wanted to break in to the, the career field. And I ran that survey for about six weeks earlier in 2020. And uh, it was just before the, the pandemic and the quarantine hit kind of got the tail end of it. But I ended up getting one hundred and eighty people responding to the to that uh, survey, the one question survey. And I got one hundred and ninety responses some people did it twice <laughs> they were really interested to know um, and so and so I, I got all this data and I and I crunched it and and tried to figure out like what what are the top things that people are struggling with so that I can answer their questions right because the thing I didn't want to do was assume that I knew what they were struggling with because that's a mistake I'd been I had made in the past trying to offer products and services to the market where I was thinking oh surely they want you know a a, you know, a combo XYZ only to find out, no, nobody wants a combo XYZ, whatever that is, you know? So, um, so I was really trying to listen to the audience there and I love what they told me. It was so helpful. What were some of those top questions? So, um, I, 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 okay. So there's four, I, I was, I was looking for five, but it ended up being four. So if you want, I can, I can walk you through them and kind of Please. explore them uh, a little that would bit. Be, I think it'd be enlightening and educational for, for me and whoever's listening. It'd be great. Okay. Okay. So I hope this is, uh, hope this is helpful to your audience. So, um, so the top question was clear and it was what certification or education should I get? That was like where everybody seemed to go to, or most people seemed to go to first. There was a, there was another question that they asked that I thought was closely related was, is formal training and certification the only way that I can get into cybersecurity? So it was about training and certification and education. That was like coming up number one for folks. And what, what, what responses do you have for people who would ask those questions? So um, here's the deal. You can go get all kinds of training, right? I, I mentioned that a moment ago. There's boot camps and, and, and college degrees, right? There's, there's all kinds of, of, uh, of certifications, right? Security Plus, Network Plus, CCNA, all this stuff. It, 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 and it's like, how do you sort that out? Well, what we came up with after, um, again, talking to fellow, fellow hiring managers and do a bunch of research is what it really kind of comes down to is – um, what job do you want? Because that really, I think, drives the qualifications that you need to meet. And, and that sounds, that sounds really simple and it is, but, but what's interesting is that a lot of people coming into cybersecurity as a career, they don't even know that there's more than one job title is what I found out. They just want a cybersecurity job, whatever that is. 
and they don't they don't really realize in the beginning that there's a lot of nuance and that there's a lot of different types of jobs and so that's one of the first things that we help people to know is well well you know what what job do you want and then once we figure that out the next step is to figure out where do you want to work because what we discovered is that um, some industries don't put a premium on college education for cybersecurity jobs like like Google for example so in the tech industry they're way more interested in in your skills and your experience like what can you actually do and college isn't that big of a deal for them right federal government just recently the US federal government just recently de-emphasized uh, college degrees in the hiring process so uh, so if you want to work for the federal government or if you want to work for the technology industry it's just not that important. But in other industries and, and other uh, employers, it still may be a big deal. Well, that's interesting. And, and, and that highlights the differences between industries. But can you go back and give some examples of, you know, the types of jobs related to the types of credentials? I mean, you know, what specific jobs would require what specific credential? Well, sure. And I'll just give you a couple of examples there. So like um, some people want to be a pen tester. They come to us and they say, we want to do network penetration testing. So that's that's a common um, high profile job that sort of attracts people to want to be in this career field. Well, there are many different choices of certifications that, that you can get for that certified ethical hacker. Um, you know, there, there's all kinds of different ones. But so how do you choose? Right. And so it turns out that Within our career field, like if you're already working as a network penetration tester, like you already have your opinion about which one is, you know, the most valuable and the one that's worth your time. But employers may not agree with that. And so um, but you probably do need to do something. You probably need to choose one of those certifications. And as a job seeker, it's difficult, right? Because you you probably want to get like the one that's easiest and doesn't cost as much because you want to get going, right? You don't want to spend six months working on this if you if you don't want to. But it all it all it all comes back to the employer. It all comes back to the 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 organization that has the job. You got to go check with them and you got to figure out what it is that they want. Because at the end of the day, that's that's the that's the opinion that counts the most. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, so um, you know, number one question was what type of credentials or qualifications do I need to get started in cybersecurity? And in some cases, you may need a very specific credential or requirement. In some cases, uh, maybe you just need that hands-on experience. Right. Um, and I, I, I'm just imagining people that maybe come out of the military, uh, working as, as an enlisted personnel maybe don't have a college education, but maybe they got three or four or five, six years of very intensive IT or security mm -hmm. related experience. And, you know, other, some people might think, well, I got it. Now I got to go, go, go back to college before I can go work in the private sector. And you're saying not necessarily. There could be some great opportunities out there for you um, just based upon your experience and your interests. That's correct. And let's say you're not all that hot to work in the technology industry. Maybe you want to work in banking or something like that. Well, I suggest uh, uh, this approach, why don't you take a job in the tech industry for three or four years? And, and while you're working and earning a very good salary, you could finish your college degree and then go on to financial services, right? I mean, it, it doesn't always pencil for people to go and spend four years in school and earn no money and spend hundred, you know, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands when, when they could be working and accumulating all this great experience 
and then getting getting their university degree uh, in the in the evening or on the weekend or whatever. So there's more options here than I think a lot of people realize. Well, I, I've got two boys in university right now. Uh, maybe you can talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there are other options out there, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, see, the thing is about 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 college degrees. I just want to say one thing about college degrees. College degrees in the cybersecurity industry just doesn't really follow the dominant narrative of college degrees in the United States, right? So college degrees historically have been seen as a ticket to the to, to middle class, right, or better lifestyles. And and if you look at the statistics, like college educated people tend to do better in, in good economies, they tend to do better in bad economies. And I think that's why people just automatically assume you need a college degree to get a good cybersecurity job. But when we scratched into it, we realized that doesn't really always pencil. It's interesting. Well, what were some of the other questions that you received on that uh, that survey? Right. So um, the second overall question was, how do I make cybersecurity my second career without starting over again? And a closely related question was, what are some unconventional paths that uh, that I could follow to get into cybersecurity? And I think the people asking that were, were people who maybe didn't have a technology job. And for example, um, uh, so I talked to a police officer not too long ago, and he was tired of being a beat cop. And he he wanted to get out of policing, but he was trying to figure out like, well, what should I do instead? And he thought that cybersecurity would be a good choice because um, because his law enforcement background, you know, he was wondering like, can it? Can I use that? Is there like, is there some transferable skills? And so we helped him figure out that there were transferable skills, and that it may be an unconventional path into cybersecurity, but it was absolutely valid. So so that was kind of the the second question. Well, and how, if you don't mind telling, um, how, how did that person prepare for and then make that transition? Well, so first of all, again, it always goes back to job title. Like, what job do you want? Mm-hmm. And and so if you're if you're a police officer, you know, you could pick a job title of like a security operations center analyst. Well, now you've got to go do a lot of work trying to figure out how how do, how do TCP/IP networks function, right? Because you really you really can't do a good job as a SOC analyst looking at alerts from intrusion detection systems and so forth, unless you understand how the internet plumbing works. So, so that's a big stretch for a police officer without a technical background. But if you wanted to go into, say, uh, digital forensics, or if you wanted to go into a governance risk and compliance job, okay, well, you don't need to understand TCP IP networks to maybe to do that work. Depends on what the employer is looking for. Um, and so uh, so it may be a, a, a uh, not quite a, as big of a leap for a police officer, right, to get into that type of field. Or maybe they wanted to go into digital forensics. Okay, well, we, again, you don't really have to understand a lot about networks. What you have to understand is you have to understand a lot about uh, PCs, right, how, how data is stored on hard drives and how you can, you know, pull that data off and collect evidence. Well, police already understand that very, very well, right? Evidence collection. So I, so that's that's an example where it's not that big of a leap. That's that's excellent observation and I think um, should be motivational for people who are looking to make a switch but not quite sure how to do it. Yeah, um, project managers are another great one, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a project manager right now, you could be a construction project manager, right? Building skyscrapers or homes. And guess what? Everything you know about managing projects transfers completely, almost almost entirely, into being a project manager for a uh, a cybersecurity project, right? Maybe installing an, a um, 
uh, a identity and access management system or something like that, um, you know, migrating to the cloud. I mean, you, you, you have to learn a little bit, like maybe go get a Security Plus certification so you can learn the lingo, kind of how things work. But oh my goodness, are you set up for success in terms of being a PM? Yeah, it's funny because I'm involved in a in a couple identity and access management and other other I guess complementary supplementary type uh, deployments right now. And oftentimes I'm the least technical person in the room, but it's my job is to make sure that we do get the right SMEs or subject matter experts in the room, that we stay on point, that everything's yes. planned out. And it's not necessarily that the other people don't have those skills. It's just not that's not what they're brought there to do. But you do mm-hmm. need somebody to kind of. Um, heard the cats <laughs> as you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and a lot of technical people hate that work. They ex- don't want to be a project manager. Exactly. And uh, it's it's interesting for me because I, I, I'm kind of, you know, facilitating the engagement. At the same time, I'm learning and I get to have like, you know, be a fly on the wall for some of these technical discussions. But I, I definitely can't go too deep down the rabbit hole. But, you know, just having those those project management skills allows me to be there. So it's, it's, right. it's interesting. So, okay, so I, those are two questions. I think we're like halfway through the top four. Yeah. What else did you, what else were you asked? So the next thing people wanted to know was what what tactical skills are most important and most valuable? And at first I, I kind of, I, I was like, tactical skills? I'm like, what does that mean? Because um, that phrase made me instantly think about um, like football or, you know, team sports because, um, you know, at first I thought they were like, you know, how, how can I be competitive? And then I realized, no, I think what they really want to know is like, what skills will they be expected to use on a daily basis? You know, so therefore, what what skills do they need to pick up before they go interviewing? I think that's what they were really getting at there. But um, and so what so what we figured out, and I think I've kind of alluded to this a little bit already in our conversation, is that it, it's really role dependent, right? And if you're going to be a project manager, then the, you're going to bring most of the skills you, you need to bring with you. But for most cybersecurity jobs, right, if you're an analyst or if you're doing network security or, um, you know, there's there if you're going to be a builder, right? So if you're going to build secure networks, if you're going to be a breaker, right, if you're going to test um, networks to make sure that they're secure. And if you're going to do anything like that, then then you've got to understand how TCP/IP networks work. I mean, I that that's like a top skill that I think just about anybody um, is going to have to acquire. Um, but interestingly, uh, another skill is programming. And actually, a lot of people think that they that if they can't program, that they can't get a cybersecurity job. And so that's a big myth that we're just, that we're dispelling. And it's like. Okay, look, if you if you know how to program or if you know how to script, right, in Perl or something like that, or if you can do a bash script in Unix or whatever, you know, all very, very helpful, right? But but not necessarily required. I was a programmer analyst during my first couple of years when I was on active duty in the Air Force, but I haven't written code or even read code in years and years and years and the and the languages that I learned aren't even really used anymore. But because I understand kind of how computers are programmed, it does help me understand vulnerabilities, right? So like, why why do we keep getting these software patches month after month after month? Well, it's easy for me to understand why, and that can help me do my job. But um, anyway, so that's what, that's what they were wa- wanting to know is about, about skills. And again, it just all comes back to, well, what job do you want? That determines what skills you need. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I see a couple different groups of, of security specialists. I see the, the very technical people who go out and, and deploy, uh, t- you know, very, very complex tools like Microsoft Intune. 
and they have to set a variety of policies for a variety of devices, and they have on-prem and off-prem, mm-hmm. and, you know. And but then I see the people that post-deployment who actually run the tools, and the tools these days, the the ones that were most um, commonly help helping to deploy. Oftentimes, just have a, a you know I wouldn't say a simple dashboard, but a dashboard, and it's more mm-hmm. about um, you know being able to monitor the dashboard, understand what the signals mean, wh- what do you have to act upon, when do you want to automate a response versus non-automate, the, in, in different policies for you know different tabs or uh, different tags in in data, so that you know if you have a data protection policy um, that will. Uh, force and encrypt on on a certain type of data that's tagged that that's kind of automated. That's not really technical per se. That's almost more logical and almost comes with mm-hmm. a more kind of a compliance type mindset. I mean, are you seeing something similar to that? Well, so what happens is, first of all, yes, let me affirm I'm seeing that too. But what happens is a lot of people use programming skills as a proxy for for the kind of work that you're talking about because it's it's about logic, right? It's about it's about understanding how data flows. It's about it's about knowing um, like uh, you know if this condition, then that response, right? So there's a lot of if then, and so and so a lot of people think about you know well if you can program, then then you've sort of proven that you have the ability to think in terms of logic and in terms of algorithms because that's a lot of what you were talking about, right? Is is trying to figure out how to operate these. Uh, these systems. And so I think that's that could be where some people think, well, I have to be a programmer. Um, and no, I just think you have to think logically. You just need to be able to demonstrate that you can think logically. Demonstrating that you can program is one way of doing that, but there's other ways. There's probably other ways that you can demonstrate that. Absolutely. Okay. Time for the number four question. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the number four question is, what is the single most important and relevant item cybersecurity hiring managers look for on the resume and i kind of um i kind of reworded that a little bit when i talk to people about it and i instead what i say is how do you prove you have what it takes to have a hiring manager because that's really i think the the bottom line there that's what they want to know it's a good question okay and and um what's your answer (laughs) (laughs) so i I love this question because it uniquely plays to the point that i was making early on which is this is what hiring managers like. This is exactly what hiring managers do when they have six candidates in front of them and they're trying to choose which one they're going to make the job offer to, right? So I was kind of disappointed that this ended up being the fourth most asked question. I actually think it should have been their number one question, but what, you know, oh, that's my problem to solve, right? But uh, hiring managers want to see two things from candidates more than anything else, right? They want to see that you have a passion for cybersecurity. And they want to see that you can start solving real problems that their team is facing as quickly as possible once you accept the offer and you join their team. Um, that's what most hiring managers want. And that's very uh, that's that surprises a lot of people. A lot of people think that hiring managers um, are just, you know, trying to check all these boxes about having, you know, about you having a degree or you having a certification um, or, you know, or whatever. And and what what we found out is, you know, that's a very human resources centric um, view of what does it mean to screen resumes and then put the correct resumes in front of the cybersecurity hiring manager. And the truth is, is that um, is that is that it's hard to screen for passion 
using the applicant tracking system that most people are using. And it's, and it's very difficult to screen for the ability to solve real problems. And so the challenge for job seekers is how can you run that human resources gauntlet to, and, and, and get past that screening process so that you can then prove to a hiring manager that you have passion and that you can solve real problems. And so, you know, that's one of the things that we help people do is, is, is figure, is figure that out. Um, but so, the re so, so it's a fair question to say like, well, why, why, why are hiring managers all bent over about passion and problem solving? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think any, anybody who's going to hire somebody, they, they want to see that it, Hey, do they have a basic interest? <laughs> and yeah. if, they, if they've got passion, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, yeah. I mean, I think we've all hired people that you, you just sense right away that, God, they love their job. They're, they're kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, geeked out on that particular topic. And it just shows that they have a real interest and, you know, they're going to, they're going to bring a lot of energy and knowledge to the team. But Okay, I'm the hiring manager here. How how are you going to convince me that um, that you do have passion and that you, this is something that you really want to do, and okay, so or say, or that you also have problem solving skills? Yeah. So let's say that I've successfully gotten my resume in front of you, and it may not be because I I was able to navigate the applicant tracking system very well. We actually help people realize that like the best way to get in front of a hiring manager is to actually stalk them on. Uh, social media and actually have a respectful interaction with them. Like basically like get around applicant tracking completely, try to short circuit the entire process and, um, and just go direct to the hiring manager any and every time you possibly can. But let's say, however you did it, you're in front of the hiring manager. Well, okay. So how do I show passion? How do I show that I can solve real problems? Well, I can show you that I've got a certification, right? It, that's tightly related to the job that I want. And that's going to show passion because a certification costs money and it costs time. And nobody is probably going to reimburse me for that before I have this job that I want. So that means I spent my own money and I, and I, and I allocated my own time uh, off duty, right, from whatever job I had, right? So, so there's passion, there's commitment. Um, I can tell you that I volunteered to speak at a local cybersecurity conference, or maybe I'm not that good at public speaking, so I just volunteered to, um, you know, to help set up and then help take down, to help run the thing. Maybe, maybe my job was to greet people as they came in and give them a flyer and tell them that the registration desk is over there. So that's showing passion and that's showing, you know, commitment. Maybe I volunteered with a local charity or some kind of a social service agency or a nonprofit that just doesn't have the money to spend on cybersecurity, but does still have a lot of cybersecurity needs. And maybe I solved real problems over there, right? Similar to the ones that I want to solve for you because you're the hiring manager. And so I can talk to that, right? So if you're looking for um, a, a, a SOC analyst, then I can tell you how I helped um, this local charity clear alerts that were coming in off their firewall because nobody else knew, knew what to do with them, right? So, um, so that's another way. And I got a couple of other ideas too. So Maybe you're an active contributor to an open source cybersecurity project, right? So OpenVAS or um, Wireshark or Metasploit, right? And maybe you can't code, but maybe you can write documentation. Maybe you're a project manager, and so you can contribute by helping to organize people and resources, right? So there's things you can do um, uh, in the open source world that, that will not only show that you're passionate and that you can solve problems, but that will make meaningful, real contributions to to our career field, right? And I, then I guess the last idea that I have for you right now is 
and and maybe none of that other stuff makes sense to me because we're in the middle of a of a pandemic and a quarantine and it's really hard to do you know those things but maybe i've just built a test lab at my home and i've installed kali linux and i've got a virtual you know net, network built and i'm just learning how to use kali linux like all the tools in the distribution maybe i've just gone through them all and i've learned how they all work and i can demo any of them for you right now if you'd like to test me that's some amazing advice. Um, you know, you're, you're one, you're gaining experience, but you're telling a story about the experience that you gained. And it, it clearly demonstrates that you that you have a passion for you. You're very, very much interested and you're you're committed to that career path. And it's interesting because we've gone through all oh, about 31 minutes here, um, mostly on the topic of, you know, finding a job in the cybersecurity industry. And I haven't heard you once mention CSSP. And I think that's the first time that um, that somebody has kind of, I mean, you did mention credentials, but you didn't specifically call that out. And oftentimes I've heard that, oh, well, that's the, you know, the, the golden standard. And if you want to be in cybersecurity, you absolutely need that. What are your thoughts about the CSSP? So uh, I want to make sure that we're talking about the right one. Are you talking about the Certified Information Security Professional? CISSP, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I just want to make sure because there's th – listen, I've got this uh, this graphic <laughs> that I got my hands on, and it has every known uh, certification related to information security and cybersecurity on it. Mm -hmm. And the logos are so small that you can barely make out what they are. And a lot of the acronyms are uh, – they duplicate, they overlap, you know, one of them has uh, this letter, but then the other one doesn't. So I just want to point out that there is a lot of confusion about certification because there's so dang many of them now. When I first got into uh, cybersecurity and decided that, hey, I wanted to get a certification, I did get a CISSP. That was back in 1997. It was it was like I only had two choices of certifications to get. It was that one and another one. And um, and so I ended up getting that one. But these days, there are dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds to choose from. So I just, I just wanted to be clear. Well, look, here's the thing about a CISSP certification. Um, there's an experience requirement in order to be able to, uh, to fully uh, get one. So you can go off and take the test, and, and you can do the other things. But until you've accumulated enough experience, you can't actually call yourself a CISSP. So I don't think that's a great place to start at all. I think a CISSP is something that you undertake after you've accumulated, say, three to five years of experience in the career field. Then I believe that's the right time to consider getting that particular credential. But you know what? I wouldn't recommend that across the board for everybody. I think that's, that, that is a good credential for certain jobs. Like if you're going to go into consulting, if you're going to be a sales engineer or something like that, where, it's, where there's a lot of customer facing things, that might be a great choice for you. But if you're going to do cloud security architecture, I don't think that's such a hot choice. That's a, a great observation. I, um, I'm, I'm curious, do you work directly with candidates or do you work with, uh, with hiring managers or, or both? Well, we're we're really focused on helping people who want to become strong candidates. But what we do is, um, so we've got a we've got an online course and an online group that that people can opt into. Um, and then what we do is we have office hours every week, and we have this online group where people can chat with each other all the time. And so while we've got people trying to break into cybersecurity on the one side, 
The, the other thing that we do to help them is we invite all these hiring managers to drop by, right? So they come into the online group and they, and they chat every now and then with folks who are going through these different lessons that we have for them. And we also have them come by office hours, right? And they'll spend like, so it's like an hour, right, of time. And they'll spend like maybe 10 or 15 minutes saying, hi, this is who I am. And we just throw it open for like 45 minutes of just open Q&A. Um, where, you know, hey, it's just a free-for-all. Ask, ask a real hiring manager, you know, your questions. So we like to, we'd like to put those two groups together uh, every chance we get. Well, if, if, if one of our listeners wanted to find out more information about the services that you're providing, um, what would you suggest? Well, so first of all, um, what, what we do, our website, it's called yourcyberpath.com. Uh, and it's spelled just like, you know, like normal, three normal words all mashed together, .com, um, your cyber path. So um, you're welcome to go and check out uh, our website and you can learn about, um, you know, what we have to offer and, and the price points. But, um, but really, uh, I think what people want to, should do next is we actually have a free resource that we're, that we made that we're happy to share with anybody who wants it. It's, it's a PDF that you can download and it's called play to win, getting your dream cybersecurity job. And what we did is we actually sat, we sat back and we said, what's, what's like a, a highly condensed, you know, uh, way that we can, you know, just help people, even if they don't ever choose to, to work with us, you know, or, or to come, uh, you know, take advantage of, of the other things we have to offer. And so we just kind of sat around and said, you know, what could we do? And we came up with this idea of capture the flag, um, because that's a very popular thing to do when you're preparing to become a network penetration tester, right, is you're going to go off and you're going to play capture the flag, um, you know, in a cyber range or something like that. Um, by the way, when I was a kid, we played capture the flag for real. <laughs> like uh, in so the did woods. I. So did I. Yeah. You get that flag and run like crazy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And you get really dirty in the process. It's yeah. kind of fun. I don't know if kids do that anymore, but there's electronic capture the flag. Anyway, so we wrote this thing. And we said, look, if you like to play capture the flag, but you're struggling to get a job in cybersecurity, well, just take your capture the flag mentality and apply it to this job hunt. And so that's what we did. And so what we've written is like a 20 page plus, we think of it as a field manual, right? Which actually shows you like, what are the top four blockers? Uh, and then what are the top four hacks to get yourself around those blockers? And ultimately on to victory, which is, you know, you're getting a job. And so, um, it even includes screenshots for how to use LinkedIn for job hunting because LinkedIn is an amazing job hunting platform that most people don't realize. But there are tons of jobs uh, being advertised on LinkedIn, and uh, and it's a fantastic resource. And we even show you in in this free guide how to reach out to hiring managers on LinkedIn in an attempt to you know uh, hotwire the system so you don't actually have to go through applicant tracking and navigate the human resources uh, department. So if you want to grab this, you know it's free. Just go to yourcyberpath.com forward slash PDF, right? Like PDF, just like a, a, a file that you open. So it's yourcyberpath.com forward slash PDF. Uh, take that and run with it. And I hope that it really helps you. And if you don't mind, I'll put a, um, a link to that in the, uh, the podcast summary description. Oh, that would be great. Just keep people from having to transcribe it. Just go there and click on it and off you go. Excellent. Well, hey, Kip, I, you know, this has been very informational for me, and I'm sure it's been great help for, uh, for our listeners. Really appreciate you coming on the, the, the show and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, I'm happy to come back anytime. Thank you. 
Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk.